Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, bringing you fun and soulful interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up with your host, George Lizos. Everyone, welcome to Lit Up. I'm George Lizos. I'm a spiritual teacher, intuitive, and the author of Be the Guru. And I work with lightworkers, helping them to find and follow their life purpose. And this is my Lit Up Instagram show, bringing you fun <laughs> and soulful interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up. And this is episode seven with Beth Kempton, all about living a perfectly imperfect life, which I'm so excited about. Now, Beth Kempton is a Japanologist, a spiritual teacher, an entrepreneur, the author of Freedom Seeker, published by Hay House, and the upcoming Wabi Sabi, Japanese Wisdom for a Perfectly Imperfect Life. She's worked for UN agencies, global brands, NGOs all around the world, and she now runs three businesses all about living an inspired life. 
Today, she's joining us to chat about her new book, Wabi Sabi, which is a Japanese um, worldview about accepting change and the transience of life and how to apply that in all different areas of our lives. Welcome, Beth. I'm so excited to have you here. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for such a beautiful introduction. And hello to all of George's viewers, yes. followers. And I think some Thank of my you. friends are here as well from my yes. So it's so lovely to have this opportunity with you. This is my very first Instagram TV and exciting. love to learn. Always here to try something new. And I'm absolutely fascinated as to how you, with your background and your kind of take on life, what you've taken from the book, because I know that you, you've done some reading and I'm just so interested how that kind of meshes with your view of the world. Yes, I'm so excited to discuss about the book because I've, I'm, I've read this book in about two to three days. It's one of my the, my, the best books I've read in my life, definitely for a while. I loved your messages. I loved your storytelling. It resonated with me particularly because I'm a recovering perfectionist myself. So I've struggled with perfectionism my entire life. We've had a chat before about that. So it really spoke to my heart and encouraged me to be more in the moment. That's why I'm so excited to be chatting to you. Thank you everybody for joining us live. I want to encourage you to tap it out with hearts if you enjoy something, to leave us your comments, to ask questions, to be engaging. We don't want this to feel like an interview. We want this to feel like a conversation between yes. friends. Yes, so, with our Japanese tea. Everyone imagine yes. you've got Japanese tea, right? <laughs> exactly. I forgot mine. <laughs> I actually have English tea today. <laughs> although having read the book, I know I have, have some excellent tips on how to enjoy and make my <laughs> Japanese tea. So let me start with a basic question just to situate everybody in the topic of Wabi Sabi. What is wabi-sabi and why is it important to know what it is in today's world? Well, you've started with the most difficult question because <laughs> the honest truth is when I set about writing this book, I knew that this concept was something really important in terms of what's going on in the world right now and how we think of ourselves and how we walk through the world and all of that. But I didn't know exactly what it was. And the mm. reason I didn't know exactly what it was is because, as you'll know from having read the book, it's this amazing mystery. It's yeah. not in the dictionary, like the Japanese equivalent of the uh, you know, Oxford English Dictionary. The word wabi-sabi does not exist. And everybody who you talk to in Japan knows, they know in their heart what it is. And, you know, it's a part of their life, but they can't articulate yeah. actually what it is. And it's so interesting because... The word wabi-sabi has been used for a good, I don't know, 10 years or so in the West to describe a particular look, you know, like a wonky pot or, you know, something with some kind of imperfect beauty. And I think we've come to associate it with what something looks like. And mm. Actually, it's this much deeper, much more beautiful philosophy. And as you said at the beginning, more like a worldview. And, and it's also a feeling. It's the response that we have to a particular kind of beauty that reminds us of the true nature of life. The mm. true nature of life from Zen Buddhism. I'm not a Buddhist, I'm not a Zen yeah. practitioner, but from my conversations with monks in Japan, drinking green tea in their temple, yeah. <laughs> I've come to understand that it's very much rooted in Zen philosophy, as well as the tea ceremony, and very much about this idea of everything in nature being impermanent. Everything is transient every single leaf and flower and tree and things you see outside, 
but also us, we are by our very nature not going to be here forever. No. We are not complete. We are not perfect. And that kind of blows your mind when you think that that we are always changing, which means we are never the finished article, which means we're not supposed to be perfect. Yeah. And this crazy kind of chasing of perfection that we do and have come to think is what we should do actually is not our natural way of being humans on the planet. And that for me was such a revelation and really beautiful. So Wabi Sabi is definitely um, a couple of things. It's the philosophy and the understanding and the seeing of the world from the point of view that everything is changing, which means hold on, you know, when the good thing's happening, make the most of it. When a bad thing happens, know it's gonna pass, you know, all of that. And also really importantly, in, and something I've not really seen written anywhere before, is the idea that it's this very human, intuitive, instinctive response to beauty, to a particular kind of beauty that reminds us of that truth, that everything is changing. So for example, when you see autumn leaves falling off a tree and it's yeah. the, the cusp of the season, and you know that this, if you come back next week, that tree is gonna be bare. Different. So you have to just yeah. you know, take it in in the moment. And that reminds you that also this season of your life will pass whether it's a hard one, whether it's an amazing time in your life, it's going to change. And you can either, you know, push against that or you can go with it and say, I'm going to make the most of now or I'm just going to breathe, kind of do the best I can to get through this moment. And then another moment's going to come. And it's really calming and a beautiful way of seeing the world, I think. So Wabi Sabi is reminding us that everything's changing, everything's transforming, and so are we. So if this is such, um, um, such an, it's a thing in our life, it's a concept in our life that we're so used to, or we are supposed to be so familiar with it. Yeah. Why the need to be perfect? What, where, where do you think the need to be perfect comes from? Does it come from uh, being human, or does it, or is it nurtured in a way? Is it nurtured by society? Or are we born with this need to have everything perfect since we know that it is our nature to be imperfect, to change all the time? You know what? My guess is that it came from the Industrial Revolution <laughs> and the need to sell stuff and the need yeah. to tell people that they aren't good enough as they are. They need to own more. They need to know more. They need to be more. And all of that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we would have said has come from television advertising and adverts in magazines and stuff like that. And also, of course, from our parents and teachers who are seeing those same messages. Yeah. But now we are very much in the age of this is social media. And, you know, social media is an amazing tool. Look, you're where you are. I'm where I am. Yeah. Different countries, having <laughs> and we do that. And, you know, I'd love to know in the comments, like, where are you all watching? Yes, from? let us know in the comments where you're watching from. It's, you know, this is, it's an amazing tool and I'm so grateful in so many ways for social media, but the big problem with social media is that it sucks us out of the experience of our own life into other people's. And I think we spend so much time in other people's lives and not actually there, but just looking at them mm. without playing a, you know, a real role in it. Then we get completely distracted from the beauty and the richness that's going on in our lives right now. It's creating form of fear of missing out, in other words, and then yeah. we get more stuff to fill our life. And exactly. So we've got, oh, I'm just looking at where, so we've got America, we've got Canada, 
we've got Switzerland. I mean, actually, the lady who posted she, from Switzerland, I remember she came to an event I was talking at once. Yes, and we it's Sonia. It. it was amazing. <laughs> Sonia, she came to, um, was it Ignite? Yes, yes. I think it was Ignite. That's where I met her as well. <laughs> oh, just it's just amazing. So we, you know, I'm absolutely not saying let's get rid of social media and go back to the dark ages, but I'm just saying it's so important to be conscious about, mm. um, you know, about how we're making the most of this time, which is a very short time on earth. Yeah. Right? And I wanna, um, I wanna read something from the book speaking about stuff. You say before we can beautify, we need to simplify and make the most of the space that we have now. In a world where, as you said, we're constantly encouraged to buy more stuff, to fill our lives with so much distraction, there is this need to declutter and to simplify our lives. However, the way I see things, decluttering has become such a buzzword and such a popular concept that people are becoming perfectionistic about decluttering. Yes. So, and so I, know, I know I had read uh, the life-changing magic of tithing about a month ago and I just completely redone my entire house decluttering <laughs> it. But I caught myself then obsessing with decluttering and trying to find more stuff to throw away. Yeah. So, and I know in the book, you mentioned a more balanced way of using wabi-sabi to declutter and simplify our lives and our homes. So what is the wabi-sabi way of decluttering our lives and our homes? Well, I just want to say that I, I love that you picked up on that because that book by Marie Kondo, who is Japanese, you know, mm. it's been a massive, massive international yeah. bestseller and it has served a lot of people in an amazing way. You know, we all know by now, thanks to her, that decluttering yeah. can make a huge difference to how you yeah. feel. You know, your space is really important and getting rid of the stuff that either is to do with a version of your life you thought you should have and actually you need to let go of or stuff that's kind of connected to old relationships or any of that stuff, that's, that's really, really good. But like you say, I think it's one of those other things that becomes an obsession mm. and something else to beat ourselves up about. So the, the <laughs> word that I use myself is soulful simplification and it's mm. really... You know, it's not get rid of everything and sit in a, you know, in a, if, we think, if we're thinking Japanese here, you know, in a room with tatami mats and absolutely nothing else and one flower in the corner, that's not how we live. And that's not the point. And I, you know, if we're actually just moving house at the moment, we're packing up a lot of our stuff and the rooms slowly are becoming, you know, clinical. They're just the color on the walls and the carpet and nothing else. And I don't want to live in a house like that, right? So. For me, what, what this seeing the world and my own home through this idea of Wabi Sabi makes me think, okay, what can I treasure from my story so far? Because everything is changing, so we want to capture moments and memories of beautiful times that we've had. Also, how can we bring nature in, gifts from the forest and from the sea, you know, branches and leaves and seed pods and shells and these things that we find when we're out in nature because I saw today I think it was Emily McDowell posted on Instagram it's brilliant and um, trees were meant to be looked at by being in the in the trees not on your phone like I can't remember what her exact words were but it's really, I like, love that it's calming to look in your phone at a picture of a tree but it's much more calming to go and stand next to a tree right? yeah you know so those reminders so the fact that we have to go outside into nature to get it 
and then bring it into our homes and then we see it around ourselves and we see you know the way that flower is slowly slowly changing and its petals are shriveling and then dropping and it's just a very gentle you know reminder in the corner of your room and if your room is full of stuff you don't notice it you don't see it and i think so often that we put so much on display when we would better serve ourselves by not necessarily getting rid of it but putting it away so the mind is calm but also the things that we put out we have carefully chosen mm -hmm. so that they're supporting the life that we want to live you know yeah so basically just before we throw something out and become obsessed about decluttering just connect to our heart and our soul and see if there is a soul connection there if it, it brings us a sense of joy therefore to keep it in our house rather than obsessing about throwing away all past memories exactly because the word wabi sabi actually was originally two words yeah i mean the the word wabi and the word sabi still exist yeah. as two words in japanese yeah but the wabi side which has very very strong connections to centuries old tea ceremony is all about the beauty in simplicity and mm. austerity and that you know the if you read in the book it will tell you exactly what that connection yeah. is but that side of it is really important you know treasuring things that didn't necessarily cost you any money or this whole thing about upcycling all of this is beautiful you don't necessarily have to go and buy something new right it's like how can i make the most of what i've got and then the other side the savvy is about the beauty of age so you want uh -huh. to be yeah so that encourages you to embracing appreciate that this, yes and the you know that lovely piece of furniture that you inherited from your grandma and those kinds of things it's seeing those things with fresh eyes and saying how can i use these in my space to build my story. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yes, beautiful. And speaking of nature, by the way, I want to I want to touch on my favorite chapter of the book, which was chapter three living with nature i love this chapter because for so many years while i lived in london i was away from nature and so many people who live in mega cities have this disconnect from nature because there's not much of it there so what are some simple techniques we can use or some processes we can and routines we can insert in our lives to start living more with nature even if we live in a mega city like new york or london or tokyo you know, it's so funny because this idea of forest bathing or forest Yes, therapy, that was my next question. Tell me yeah, about that. <laughs> that's something I touch on in the book. But this is one of those buzzwords that's become really trendy in the last year or two. And the reason I think it's become such a big thing is that forest bathing, which is yeah. 
kind of like sunbathing, you know, exposing, yeah. you, not <laughs> exposing yourself in the forest, exposing yeah. yourself to the forest, <laughs> to the forest. <laughs> in the same way that you would to the sun to get this beautiful <laughs> energy. This idea of spending time in nature is nothing new. We have done this for as long as there have been humans walking this planet and as long as there have been trees for us to walk in, right? So we know deep in our bones that nature is good for us. Mm. And we, so many of us are drawn to it without even understanding mm. why. So, so forest bathing in itself isn't really a new thing. It's just a word. But why it's become so popular, I think, is because the Japanese have found scientific evidence that actually spending time in nature, particularly around certain kinds of trees, trees has yeah. very specific measurable health benefits. Mm -hmm. And so the scientific community has suddenly become incredibly interested. And there's some amazing research going on in Japan and Korea about this. And so without going into too much detail on that, I think what it's done is just put scientific evidence to something that we all knew. And it is difficult in a mega city to find nature for sure. And I think there are different ways of doing it. You can just make the choice to make your journey to work, for example, via any green space that you can find. You know, a park. Yes, a park. Your lunch hour. What are you doing with that? Even ah. just getting outside. Of course, if you can be in a park, that's amazing. But even just walking in the air and feeling the yeah. wind on your skin and this, you know, it, making sure that you realized it was raining or it was sunny, those kind of connecting with the seasons wherever you are makes a huge difference because it helps you track time as we've been talking about you know everything yeah. is transient and it really being in tune with the seasons makes you reconnect with the food that is fresh at that time of year as well as how you know if you're feeling a bit you know like you're in a slump then maybe it's because it's winter and your body yeah. wants to hibernate and that you kind of give yourself a break when you really get in the rhythm with the seasons and all of that. So in a, in a city, I would say, give yourself opportunities to connect with the seasons. And that may well include trying to sometimes maybe leave later or earlier so that you get to see the daylight you know, in the yeah. winter, those kinds of things, but also planning, you know, can you have a walking meeting in a park? Those kind of things. And what can you do with your time after work? Can you actually take yourself on a small adventure in the evening? Um, you know, and go off to your local wood or sit by a river or take a walk along the sea. And it is so much easier, I think, than we think. And there are also things you can do. You know, you can um, get like cypress oil and have that in your infuser. You can have, you know, plants in your home. There are so many things you can do. It's just, I think, kind of switching yourself back onto that mm. and saying, how can I do this? Because it's very easy when you live in the countryside. You have to yeah. make more conscious effort, don't you? In the city. Yeah, so what if do you think? Well, when I lived in London, every single lunch break, I would go to Hyde Park and meditate because it was my only way. But what I realized that I realized that nature was in the city. It was just a matter of me tuning my attention and turning my attention to nature and noticing that, as you just said. Therefore, walking through Oxford Street, for example, instead of looking at the people and feeling overwhelmed, noticing the beautiful green spaces that are everywhere along the street yeah. and just placing my attention onto these kind, those kind of things just instantly connected me to nature or even staring up at the sky. Yeah, and, and looking for that tiny flower that's poked its way through yes. the crack in the pavement and marveling yeah. at that for a moment. All of these things. I'd love to know anyone who's watching, how do you find nature in your day? What do you do? Is it on yes. your doorstep? Do you have to go? Yes. Do you have a special way of, of going out into nature during your working week? Would you make it most of your weekends? Anything yeah, let you? us know in the comments. Anna, yeah. uh, Genevieve, Beth, 
Sonia, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Okay, and I wanna move into the, I wanna read something more Beth. You said in the book about Zen, people think Zen is all about calmness and tranquility and living in some blissed out state of good vibes. But actually it's about how you face your challenges, unhappiness, loneliness, worry, difficult emotion. And that really touched me because the spiritual community nowadays is all about being positive and positive affirmations and avoiding negative emotion. It almost bullies and judges negative feelings. So how do we find a balance between being positive and having a positive outlook on life, but at the same time, keeping it real? First of all, I want to say that's one of my favorite quotes in the book. It's not my writing. It was from an interview yes. I did with a deputy head priest of Shunkorin yeah. Temple in Kyoto, Reverend Takafumi mm -hmm. Kawakami. And yeah, it, it was so important to me that he, he said that a lot of people really misunderstand what Zen is and that it really is. And he was very specific about this. It's about accepting the actuality of life. He said, it's not the reality of life because who knows what reality is and that's a whole other Zen conversation. But he said about the actuality of life. So, and, and I think that the clue is, is there. It's about what is actually going on and that trying to feel your emotions but separate your emotions from your decisions and actions, which is why being able to slow yourself down and notice what's act really, really going on and recognizing that, okay, some, say, let's say, for example, something, something bad happened, right? We know that thing has happened. It may be that you can't do anything about the fact that that thing has happened, right? For me, the very, the, something that's really helpful to do is in that moment, actually, forget about the thing that's happened and just say, what's going on in this moment where I am? What sounds can I hear? What can I see? What can I smell? Just kind of really pulling yourself into the physicality of where you are. And then that makes it a lot easier for you to then kind of put the emotion to one side and say, okay, what well, the facts of what is happening, you know, you, someone's just told you that they're leaving you and your relationship is going to break yeah. up or this, you know, whatever bad thing has happened, like what are the facts of this? The fact is they've just walked out the door and they're not coming back. You, you know, of course you can, you could spin into an emotion, you know, and that's nothing wrong with that. It's fine to do that, but it's really helpful if you have the tools to say, okay, what are these facts? And then knowing that the next thing is the new beginning and that this is the next thing. Everything changes and you can decide, okay, maybe I had no, I couldn't do anything about what's just happened, but I can do something about my very next step and the next step and the next step. And I think this is all to do with the idea of transience because mm. it feels terrible. And let me cry and scream and or laugh or whatever. It which is. is fine. Yeah, which is fine. But also <laughs> move on from that to, exactly. the, to the next stage of thinking, which is I have the, the strength and the capability and the sense of person to go. I'm going to choose my next action. Yeah, it really helps mm. with that. So accepting what is, what is actual, what is real in our lives, yeah. spending some time to express a negative emotion, but then realizing it's not permanent. Everything changes yes. in the same way that yeah. all, and all positive things change eventually or negative things will change yeah. eventually into something positive. Yeah. And it's true with small things as well. So if I give you a, a snapshot into what's going on in my house right now. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, <laughs> Uh, about three hours ago, yeah. I was desperate for a shower because our boiler has broken. And yeah. We were waiting for a plumber who wasn't coming here um, for who knows what reason, because this is often the way it happens, right? 
boxes everywhere. My children, because the plumber hasn't come, they have to sleep in a different room and they don't want to go to sleep and all these things going on. And then Instagram decided to do an update just before we come on air and all these things <laughs> going, you could just go into a really stressed situation, but none of that changes anything. Yes. So all I could do is go, right, this is happening. I've got no shower. I might not have a shower before I have to go and talk to George. I'm going to go and get a shower at my brother's house and have a nice cup of tea and then come back. It sounds so That's simple, great. but it's so different to going, oh, I've got no shower. What's going on? Yeah, just freaking out. Yes. And then finding so many mm. other things going wrong yeah. because one thing after another goes wrong, right? Like I the bathroom, the bathroom cabinet door just fell off. So I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror to do my makeup. I mean, you look fabulous. Yeah, but it, and I, I, it's really interesting because in researching this book over the past few months, I've my life feels so much calmer and I'm so much better at just going, let it go. It's fine. It's fine. You can, and this is my new thing is you can only do what you can do. You can mm. prepare. And, and that doesn't at all mean don't prepare for things. It doesn't mean just you know never strive for anything but it means at this moment in my life i can only do what i can do and i'm going to show up <laughs> as best i can and that's and just ask, isn't it and just surrendering yes. and that leads me to my final question that's a perfect lit up which is if there was a single advice you can you could give to someone who's a recovering perfectionist or suffering from perfectionism because it can become pathological if you're suffering from OCPs, which I did earlier on in my life. But for someone who's trying to recover from perfectionism, what would be your single advice from the book? I, well, I don't want to um, give advice to specific medical conditions. Not medical, but OCD like, is yes. one of those. But yeah, I different. think if, if you really are, you, you really, obsess about being perfect in every area mm. of your life i mean seriously i would say read the book because i think it will help you um but I think definitely it did help me by the way yeah <laughs> like, oh, 100 so <laughs> i think it's definitely <clears throat> excuse me trying to understand it's, it's worth spending some time thinking where does that that perfectionism come from who am i trying to what am i trying to prove and who am i trying to prove it to mm -hmm. and does it really matter and sometimes it is worth doing your absolute absolute best but always reminding yourself that that comes at a cost because you cannot physically, as a human being with 24 hours in the day, do your absolute best in every single area of your life, right? If you're writing, you know, you're writing your very best book, you're doing your very best launch for your new business, all those things, you probably are not gonna have a perfectly clean house, right? You just can't do the best and everything. And understanding that and thinking, okay, I, I'm gonna allow myself to have my perfectionist tendencies in one particular area that really matters to me. Mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna think about what I need to let that, ah, where I need to let it I go. love that. So that I can, I don't have to push it away. I can say, yeah. let's put that amazing commitment in one area of my life. And then remember, this is so important. You are perfectly imperfect, just as you are, and you are not supposed to be perfect. So you're put, by, Perfectionist tendencies can be incredibly valuable, but if you are trying to make yourself perfect, it's going against your nature. So yeah. just allow yourself to be who you're supposed to be. So realizing we're not Mary Poppins and then focusing our attention <laughs> to something specific rather yes. than overwhelming ourselves with having to be perfect everywhere. 
Thank you so much, Ben. That was so valuable. And I'm sure everybody got so much value out of this. Please tap it out with hearts if you enjoyed this interview. Now, Beth, let people know where they can pre-order the book. I know it comes out in two days. It comes out on Thursday. It's very exciting. Although I have been seeing some pictures of people picking up in foils in London and yeah. in uh, shops in Sydney. Um, yeah. So I think some people have been sneaking onto the shelves early but it officially comes out on Thursday. Yeah. And if you pre-order it before Thursday, you can order that from anywhere. And then you yeah. go to my website, to bethkempton.com forward slash new book. New book. Okay. And you put your receipt information in the little form on that page. You can get access to some free coaching with me online mm -hmm. live um, later in the year. And we are going to be going through some of these topics in a lot of depth in a group coaching scenario. So. You know, today's been amazing that yeah. we can have this chat and all of this, and I'm going to be taking a lot of your questions around these kinds of things. So we're talking about it in your specific situation. So, oh, I, I am. It's, and I have been reading the comments that have been coming through, and I'm so glad to hear that yes, lots me of you too. are going to be reading it, and also just the way that you're trying to embrace your own imperfection already. It's beautiful. Exactly. And everybody, if you go to my stories, I've got a swipe up function there. So if you see the um, the story where I mentioned the book, a picture of the book, you can swipe up and that will take you straight to Beth's website where you can pre-order and get uh, that free coaching that she just mentioned. Beth, thank you so much for writing this book. It has helped me tremendously and I can't wait to see it reach the world and change so many lives. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this. I certainly did. And uh, I can see that everybody did enjoy uh, with the cards coming out. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the show and for the amazing work that you're doing in the world, George, as well. The world absolutely Thank you, Beth. Needs it. Thank Have you. a beautiful rest of your evening and enjoy packing. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at George Lizos to grab your free Lightworker survival guide and catch the next live episode. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.